Yeah, so the mics and everything, they make it, uh, they make you feel like you're really official. Allows you to open up a little bit. They really feel, make you feel like, like, I feel like I'm like a young Howard Stern. Right, and right. I got my little show going. I just need a couple of people on the side to mm -hmm. give me some side commentary. Need so. a laugh track. <laughs> I need some, yeah, I need, right. so it's funny, I, I bought the, um, this board switcher for multiple cameras. Mm -hmm. And I did a couple of lives. So my boy Andre Ferguson was on a couple of times, Lucky Libra. Yeah, yeah. We're doing episodes together. Mm -hmm. So we're going, we're going to be calling it going forward, uh, kind of like how Jamal and I was just telling you, we have Into the Bat Cave because Jamal's nickname is Batman. Are we rolling right now? We're live. Oh, we're rolling. Oh, that's right, it. Oh, right, dude, right, that's right, it, man. On, we we on, cut it. We cut Ooh. it on, baby. We right, cut I'm it ready. on. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. So the way that I have Jamal, which is Into the Bat Cave because his nickname is Batman. Uh, Andre is Lucky Libra. Right. So we're going to be calling it Luck and Riz. Mm. So we're just going to be going over like different things in the fitness industry, which is kind of where the more conventional fitness industry, you live in the right. functional fitness industry, but in the conventional fitness industry as well. Yeah, I live in this uh, crazy, unique industry right now, man. It's interesting. Um, the whole, my whole thought process. So there's three moving parts to OG. It's myself, it's Taylor, and it's Lenny. And we're all business partners. And we just happen to be best friends and it works really well. Um, but my initial vision for OG's style of training was, I feel like a lot of these, not cookie cutter programs or companies at all, but a lot of these franchises and uh, these boutique fitness studios. Um, so you're talking about your F45s, your Orange, Orange Theories. Yeah, and even like the one of ones, you know, like any of the, the just the boutique studios that have opened up. Um, I feel like they were missing a mark in some way. Um, I feel like the sense of community is incredible and somebody doing anything is better than nothing. Um, so I give people credit that, that train at those places, but there's so much out there in terms of influence in the fitness industry with different styles of training. It's, it's tough to put all of the beneficial styles of training in one box. So myself, and I was like, I have all this influence, whether it's weightlifting or ultra marathon running or powerlifting or CrossFit, everybody has something good that I can take from. And if I had the freedom to put together a program that incorporates all of the good and X's out all of the fluff, that there's, was- There's that, a lot of fluff. There's a lot of fucking there's fluff, fluff, man. There's a lot of fluff, man. man. Um, there's a lot of fluff and there's a lot of uh, just kind of- putting people through things that are gonna make them sweat and maybe feel tired, but is it really beneficial? Are you really strength training? Are you really training for longevity? Are you really truly benefiting from the program that you're doing or are you looking at numbers on a board and are you just sweating and feeling good? Because that's fine, there's something to that for sure. Um, but I wanna get on the deeper end of that and I wanna make people just savages, man, killers. I want them to just understand that they have so much untapped dormant potential and if they can come to us and we can open that thing up and uh, really see what they're capable of and, and push the limits in a correct, safe, but aggressive and fun way, that, that, that was my initial vision right away. So we're going to get into the actual full vision. We're going to get into the business partners and kind of how the conceptualization of OG. Yeah. I definitely want to hit all that and that's going to come, but I got to hit you as a human being first yeah, because you're just a good dude. Listen, Never met you before. We we kind of started talking a little bit, DMing on uh, on IG a couple of weeks back, uh, and then Erica came on the podcast, and we started talking a little bit more. And I said, "Yo, I'd love to have you on because the goal of the podcast is spreading amazing information and having good people spread that message. If someone's not good, I don't want you on. I don't want you in the studio. And you definitely embody that." End to end. I appreciate that. No, of course. Yeah. Dude, no bullshit, and man. And same goes for you, man. Ed, real recognizes real, dude. I, I was just going to say that. And uh, when people found out, and when you started to come to OG a few days ago, nothing but love from other members. Oh, Nikki's the best. Nikki, you're going to be on this podcast. Everyone was vouching for you. So it's that real recognized real type. And everybody at the gym has been phenomenal. I right. can't, I, dude, I, if, if there was a bit of criticism or critique that I could give you, I'd give it to you. I, I'm, I'm so upfront and transparent. 
It's awesome. I mean, Tyler and I have been there every single day this week. Right. I'm 99% sure I'm going to sign up afterwards yeah, because it's been it's been nice that to have to have the pressure off of myself where I have to think about everything when I go into the gym and with my schedule so crammed, the circuits that you guys run, the different splits that you guys do, the the variability of just the exercises and the and the days and the splits like I just said, it it makes it unique and it makes it awesome and you feel refreshed when you go in there now don't get me wrong i'm sore as fuck right now <laughs> i went well, every i'm day. sure you've been training different than you've ever trained it's yeah i've right. definitely been training different than i've ever trained you know tom yeah tom and julie yep. tom was on the podcast i trained with tom uh about last year mm -hmm. this time last year we were doing a lot of stuff with that his style is very different too. Yeah, mad so, respect to Tom, man. He uh, Tom's beast mode, man. Yeah, and he incorporated a style that I am also influenced from. He falls into that category of there's a lot of good there, and I want to pull from it. And uh, the landmine things and the kettlebells and all of that has a really important part of OG. Um, so I see Tom doing his thing, and mad respect to him because he yeah. does it at a very high level. Very crazy, high. crazy yeah. strong, man. When I see him put three, four plates up on a landmine and he's throwing that shit over his head, I'm like, God. And Damn, it translates dude. to traditional lifting as well. So yeah. he, he's doing it, man. He's yeah, doing he's it, doing it. So it's yeah. so you know I train with Tom and years of fitness industry. So you know your conventional bodybuilding splits. But in 2012, right before I decided to do my first bodybuilding show, and I did men's physique, watching John Meadows and learning yeah. all of his styles off his YouTube channel, MountainDogDiet.com, phenomenal resource yep. for anybody. Absolutely, watching all of that and going, oh shit, like this is how I should maybe move differently or I should stretch out this way or when he said and I, I mean I was 21 at the time but when he said I I put on um the uh icy hot on my joints yep. before I train mm -hmm. you know I used to see older guys do it and be like oh old man trying to do this and he's like and then I started getting old and I'm like I got to warm these right, joints up right. a little bit you learn something from everybody you learn something from everybody and I'm obsessed with people that are obsessed with mastering their craft I'm it's all I pay attention to. It's all I watch. And I feel like all of these people that chase greatness. So like anyone, Kobe Bryant, for example, the way he approaches his basketball training and his lifestyle, first one in, last one out. I'm like, that's applicable to everybody. It doesn't have to be as extreme and you don't have to apply it towards basketball, obviously. But if you're trying to be the best version of you, you can pull these lessons from people that are just obsessed with greatness and you can see the way they implement their day-to-day -day practices and you can pull from that. You can find inspiration in it and apply it to your everyday life. And it could be with your training, your nutrition, your sleep, your supplementation, your interactions with people, the way you interact with the world. There's a lot of good from so many influences. Um, and ex like exactly what you just said, I, that's what I pull from and that's what I hold on to. So I took a Tony Robbins seminar last week when I was coming to your classes early in the morning. For, it was from Thursday to Sunday. And my mom is really the one uh, that told me she wanted to do it. And she's like, I would love for you to do it with me. Now dedicate, now you as a business owner, dedicating 9.30 in the morning until 11 p.m. at night from Thursday to Sunday. Yeah, almost impossible. That was hard, man. Almost impossible. That was hard. I mean, for you, it, it, you had to be there to coach and stuff like that. For me, I can kind of take a little bit of a step back as long as I don't have any shoots and I'm just kind of like, okay, like it's a lot of time, so we'll make the investment. And you know, this was the notebook that I was taking notes with. Now, if I said I didn't get anything out of it, I mean, right. I'd be lying. Right. It was chock full of information for entrepreneurs, big, big business, small business owners, people looking to better their lives, get into a clearer mental state. I mean, it's, it really does open your eyes to a lot and how maybe you were in a funk for a little while mentally. 
this is transitioning into a, into how you are on the mic. Sure. Because you're very uplifting and positive, and it definitely helps. So a lot of the stuff that I learn from here, I find that you say when people are starting to drag a little bit or struggle and this and that, and keeping that mental clarity and learning from everybody, right. learning from business professionals, fitness professionals, incorporating it into your lifestyle. In your and your tool into belt. Put the tools in your exactly, tool belt dude. and you carry And there's no limit. It. There's no limit. You can unlimited. have an unlimited tool unlimited belt. Unlimited tool belt. You don't have to spend $1,000 on a new tool. Absolutely, tool brother. Kit. Yeah, agreed, man. <laughs> so it's just listening to those messages and then you know being there super early. I love the 6 a.m. classes. I do. Right. I used to train super late at night when I worked at Apple before I started working for myself. Or when, once I worked for myself, I was like, oh, this is great. I'll just train in the middle of the day. And then I found that the middle of the day shot my entire day because right. I'd work a little bit, barely at all in the morning. And then all of a sudden, oh, well, it's time to train. It's like noon, noon you know, one o'clock. Right. Then you're there for two, three hours and you leave right. and you're like, oh shit, it's like it's four, four or five o'clock. I got to eat dinner. Oh, I got to do this. I shit's do kind of winding down the right, day. I right. feel like I didn't really get anything done today. And I talked about that with Juju Mufu when he was on the podcast. Yeah. We just, we, we kind of went over all of those working for yourself and how those obstacles you have to learn and adapt. So 6 a.m. classes, super easy. You guys, well, not super easy, but you guys, I go there, right. bang that shit out yeah. and I am done. I'm ready to destroy the energy day. levels are high dope high, is high. you have that sense of accomplishment and if that's your first the classes are tough dude the classes are so intense oh they're not easy no no, no they are not, not easy means. <laughs> and if you leave there with that that sense of accomplishment i just overcame something challenging i'm gonna do what i everything is everything to me and the way i do anything is the way i do everything so if i just crush that workout i'm going into my interactions with everyone uplifting the way i feel leaving that workout the way i'm gonna go eat is gonna be well and it's gonna contribute to that workout whatever i put in my body is gonna contribute to that workout so i kind of have this ecosystem and it starts with that that morning workout and then everything kind of is that a phone? Uh, yes phone, yeah, phone. and everything's uh, yeah, from there yeah, yeah dude it's so i'm telling you this podcast is so fucking relaxed yeah, fault, you're good no dude no fault to be had brother uh i'm gonna put this on do not disturb because i feel my uh my quad vibrating and i didn't do legs there today so i right. i know it ain't i know <laughs> right, it ain't right, the right. class yeah. so let's uh let's get into you as a human being person you know what got you into fitness when you were younger obviously you've had this passion for a while this isn't something that just kind of sprouts up yeah forever so in middle school, it's funny, I, my friends all started to play sports and they started to excel in sports and I was never the athletic kid. I was never good at any sport. I was very average and that's to be generous. Um, but it was interesting because I found the gym at a very young age and I think my mom being a trainer has something to do with that because I grew up in the gym and I think it just kind of programmed my subconscious to be around it and be around it. Um, so my mom was training clients and I would just kind of hang out there or wh whatever I was doing. And um, that's from when, as early back as I can remember. And then when all of my friends started to play sports and excel physically, and I felt very left out, and um, I found this life-changing gem of a place called Spartan Fitness. I grew up in Deer Park, and it's called Spartan Fitness, and um, the owner was my best friend's dad, hardcore dude, um, wrestling coach, MMA fighter, weightlifter, and I would just... I went there one day and I told him, hey, I'm not really into playing sports, but I know I need to be healthy and I want to move my body and I want to feel more confident. And from that workout, it was the most challenging workout I've ever been through. And from sixth grade to senior year of high school, I went to Spartan Fitness every single day doing gut-wrenching workouts, whether it was battle ropes or we would go to the beach and do sand sprints and then swim back and then or weightlift or whatever it was. He would put me in a UFC cage and have to fight just to learn mental toughness. And it was, I owe a lot. His name is Rich Lugo, owner of Spartan Fitness back in the day. And 
my brain was developing and I was going through like rigorous physical activity and he would talk to me the way I needed to be talked to. And um, he was very raw and he was very real. And those were a lot of tools in my tool belt when I first to get started. And then obviously as I got older and I was training on my own, I kind of just took those mental gems with me throughout. And then, uh, yeah, man, I was working sales. I was in an insurance office working sales. And this is after high school, after college. And I just was not in love with the way my life was going. And I had one shining star, one light, and that was fitness. So whether it was before work or after work, it was the one thing I would look forward to. And after a while, I was like, how can I just double down on truly what makes me happy? I don't really know what it was. It was not like a pivotal moment in my life that made the switch. It was just- a progressionary thing. It was a progressionary thing. Um, So after that, I was at work and I was just looking up jobs in the fitness industry and I wasn't a certified personal trainer at the time and I really had no experience besides my own. And uh, I found Orange Theory Fitness and they were hiring for sales and I was selling insurance. So I'm like, all right, this is probably a nice segue and a nice foot in the door. And um, I applied to Orange Theory and then I started to do pre-sales, which is when a new studio opens, you have to sell a certain amount of memberships to get the studio up and running. So I was doing now, sales. Now, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Is this, you're still on Long Island? I'm still on Long Island. This now, is if I, now, if I rem- did you say you were in LA as well? Yeah, so this is not yet. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, I just want to yeah. make sure. Yeah, I, I, I want to get there, yeah. Right, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm on my way. Um, yeah, so I started to do membership sales at Orange Theory and I felt better because I was selling a product that I actually believed in. Um, I wasn't selling insurance. I was selling fitness and lifestyle to people. And I was really excited about that. Um, After a while, the studio was ready to open and they were hiring personal trainers or coaches. And then my owner approached me, said, hey, I think this might be something that you want to pursue. You should get your training cert and let's see what happens. So I got my personal training certification. And then I went back to, they call it coaches tryouts. And um, it was five days. You have like 20 people and then like six people make it at the end. And, um, the, the last day of tryouts, they came to me and said, hey, we want to offer you the head coach position. So I kind of jumped real quick from not even a coach to head coach. Um, Which is a nice achievement right it there. It was a cool achievement. And I was making enough money where I could quit insurance and fully invest in this new endeavor. And I was really excited about that. And the first day on the mic, it was like, I don't know what it was. I was in a different dimension. I was home. I was ready to go. And it was like the most purposeful thing that I've done. I was able to take all of the lessons and all of the things and everything I was passionate about over the last 15 years of training and give it to these people. And it felt that was my purpose immediately. Um, so I was with Orange Theory for three years, coaching like 40 classes a week, just obsessed with the lifestyle. And then over time, I went from head coach and then fitness director for a couple of studios. And um, and that was kind of it. And I thought that was going to be my thing. I thought maybe I'll be like a regional director or work for corporate and the education side of things. And I was almost positive that Orange Theory was going to be my career path. And then the pandemic hit. Um, and then once the pandemic hit, um, I had a lot of downtime and a lot of time to reevaluate. And I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be stuck in this Orange Theory box. Maybe I should try something new and see what else is out there. And LA seemed very attractive to me at the time. And I was living in a, a basement apartment in Babylon and I had no ties. I had no baggage. So I was like, let me just pick up and go. Let me see what's going on. And it's interesting you went to LA during the pandemic because most people left LA during the there, pandemic. I, went, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what was going <laughs> Good on. Good for you, so dude. That's went, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Takes so a lot of balls. I went in the heart of the pandemic yeah. right away. And then uh, I didn't have anything lined up. I didn't have any money saved. I didn't have a job. I didn't even have a place to stay. Um, but I just went with blind faith. I call it the hero's journey. If you heard from Joseph, uh, Joseph Campbell, he has this thing called the hero's journey. And it's basically when an individual gets called to take a leap. And then it's basically the entire journey. It outlines it. It's good. You should, you should look into it. Um, but I consider that my hero's journey. It was my calling. So um, leap of faith. I packed up my apartment, whatever small things that I had. And I just did a one-way ticket to L.A., as soon as I landed, I did apartments for rent, roommates needed, and uh, I found this cool dude in Santa Monica, and he took me in, and we were roommates, 
And then day one, I didn't have a car or anything, so I would just walk all throughout Santa Monica and just try to find gyms to work at. Studios to work at, any gyms, any private training, anything, anywhere that anyone would take me, and I can kind of make a name for myself and start to build this brand in L.A., and um, I landed a, landed a few positions, and I was able to live, you know, not comfortably, but live. And uh, Lenny and Taylor, my two business partners now, they came to surprise me on my birthday in L.A., and they just flew out. And we were chopping it up one night, and I was just letting them know, and I was like, I'm working at all of these gyms, and I still don't love it. I still am not getting that hit that I feel like is properly beneficial to people. I feel like the training styles are still a little premature and limited. And I think there's a lot out there that's untapped. And then Lenny and Taylor, right away, they were like, all right, let's, let's open our own spot. And I thought they were just talking shit. You know, I didn't think anything of it. And this is the importance of keeping good people in your circle because they, they pushed for it. They continued to convince me to open up my own spot. And Lenny flew home and he was on the real estate side of things. And he was looking for a place for me while I was living in LA. And he presented to me this lease agreement of the premature idea that we spoke about a couple months ago. And they put the wheels in motion to start OG. I flew back. I said, okay, I was there for nine months. I flew back to New York. And we started to uh, get to work and we, we rented this or leased this um, abandoned garage. It was like an auto body shop, but super broken down. That's where you guys currently are. Right. That's where we are right now. And we just went to work. We stripped all the walls and we did everything that we could. And we just kept piling money together and just try to find it working side jobs, just enough to fund the vision, just to get our wheels turning. And um, we finished construction on a Thursday. We announced it on a Friday and then we held classes on a Sunday. And um, I had like 17 people show up to class and I was super pumped. I'm like, oh, they're great turnout right, for, yeah, for the day one. Awesome. And I thought, uh, all right, maybe we're onto something. And then from there, it's just continuing to show up every single day and putting in unwavering dedication every single day to potentially build your own brand and build your own company. And that's kind of where we are now. What was the, what was the uh, initial phase of like everybody coming together and, and, and getting all the work done? How'd that feel? Everybody just putting in the elbow grease and getting everything going. Yeah, it was therapeutic, man. It was beautiful. It was exciting. And Lenny and Taylor are, are my people, man. I always say all the time there would be no me without them. I don't think I've met, I don't think I've met uh, either of them. Yeah, yet. you're missing out, man. They're the best. I haven't met them Yeah, yet. I'll introduce you for yeah. sure. I heard my boy, Matt, who takes your ca uh, class, Matt Kelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool. Matt's a boy from Bev's. Yep. And uh, he told me Taylor's classes are wild too. So. Yeah, Taylor's the man. And both of them have very interesting life paths that I pull tools from to put in my tool belt. Taylor's training style and the way just Lenny approaches and lives his life so diligently and organized. And um, they both have really incredible things that I look up to and aspire to be. And the fact that they're my best friends and my business partner is like the most I can ask for. Uh, so being able to work side by side with them and build this gym and brainstorm and think of things and make them come to fruition when they were just floor and walls is, uh, it's beautiful, man. It's such a blessing. I'm grateful for them every single day. So getting the word out that OG was around. Mm -hmm. Now, did you find that there was a lot of Orange Theory clients that were coming over? Mm -hmm. Was it people that you just knew through networking of, because listen, there's a lot of, you know, I'm not going to say kids. There's a lot of adults that are around our age group that go to your place. Right. It's not, I, I've seen some higher ages. I haven't really seen anything under what I'm thinking, like mid, mid to, to low twenties. Right. So it's kind of saturated in our age group. You know, do you find that the social media side of things, getting the name out, people just blasting it out on their own page? Like what, what was the initial push? So you had 17 people come that first Sunday. How did that progressionary come up to what it is now where the classes are just stacked out? Right. So initially my 
our original clientele and demographic were people that were diehard OG, um, Orange Theory people that uh, they just wanted to rock with me and they appreciated my coaching style. So they came over um, and it was great from there, but it was, uh, it was an older demographic and they're incredible. They still come and they, it was, it was kind of just word of mouth. We didn't do any advertising. We had an Instagram page, but it was very organic, very word of mouth. And it kind of grew faster than any of us even anticipated it was, um, and this is what year to like now, obviously, when did it, when was the first class inception? Like when did it start? 2020. So like right on the cusp of the pandemic, um, right when it was starting to let people back into the gym. So and, like towards the end, towards 2021, right? Yeah. Okay. Closer to 2021. And originally it was like 10 to 12 people per class. And then over time word spread. And I think this just comes back to the training style that's extremely beneficial from different avenues of fitness. And it wasn't this, this box model. There was just so much good involved with the program that we were putting together and people just wanted to be a part of it. They wanted a taste of it. They saw their bodies changing. They felt incredible. They had to tell their friends, their friends were coming. They told their friends. And then now we have 48 people per class and we're booked up crazy for months from 4 45 AM to 8 PM. The wait list is crazy, Yeah, man. It's wild. And yeah, I think it's just people appreciate genuine. I don't know. I feel like during the pandemic, there was this weird shift where the corporate model went out the window a little bit and people wanted to give back to real people or just be a part of something different. Um, and I think we just we just hit it at the right time. It was divine timing and that's what it turned into. Give love to the small businesses. Right. They're so important and it, it kind of got lost in the wayside and the, and the mental state of so many people, they were just like, oh, well, it's more convenient to go to Orange Theory or it's more convenient to just go to the big box spot, mm -hmm. spots. Instead, maybe cultivate that relationship with not only the trainers at a smaller gym, but the community, right. because it seems like everybody hangs out and chills yeah, even a, after the classes too. It's a sense of belonging that I feel like a lot of people are missing. You have this community where you're surrounded by like-minded individuals that want you to be better and force you to level up. So it does get a little uncomfortable at times, but it's, you're part of something. And I feel like a lot of people at home are missing that community aspect of people that are willing to go the extra mile with you and push you or meet up at a run club on a Sunday or take an extra class with you because you don't feel like working out that day or they're down to show up for you. And it's, um, you're surrounded by so much good energy and so much passion that, um, it's, it's pretty undeniable, man. When you're there, you're like, Oh, I, I, I belong here. I should spend my time here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Joe Silberti, the homie, yeah, he, 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 I mean, he was giving me tons of like, yo, you got to come down. You got to come down. You got to come down. And I kept going, yeah, man, I'll make it down. I'll, I swear I'll get there. And this is, this is probably about, I feel like he's been going there for at least a year now. Oh, he's been there for a minute. Maybe yeah. longer. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's been telling me about it for at least a year and I was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I swear I'll get down there. I'll get down there. And it just, you know, and it's no offense to you guys. I right. just, it just kind of never Lindenhurst to where I am. It just never kind of checked off in my mental spot of like, all right, I got to get down there. And then I saw a couple other people, you know, I know Sarah Marichi, And then, um, when I had Erica on the podcast and she was praising it too, I was like, all right, man, I got to get down there. I, everyone's saying so much good shit about it. I got to go check it out myself. I got to go try it out. And, uh, it's kind of, it was like perfect storm. I, I'm right. I just started tracking my macros again at the beginning of the month. I just started like getting back into that mental state of like, it's time. I've been in an off off season far too long, and we got to drop some weight. So I think the training that I've done for years definitely has benefited my body and done it. Listen, I did a bodybuilding show. I dropped to 150 Damn. for my first show. I dropped from 240 to 150 in a year. Yeah, that's losing a whole person. Man. It was that's fucking wild. I'll show you the yeah. pictures later. It's crazy. Wow. You know, I did that. Then I then I rebounded horribly because my coach didn't tell me about reverse dieting and he didn't give me the real insight that I needed. Right. You know, I worked with a guy. If I say it, it's going to give it up and I, I never want to give this guy airtime. So it's, I'm not even going to say it. Tell me. I, it was a guy that just like, he promised that he was going to get everybody to the pro stage. Like that's the kind of dreams and glory that he sold. And right. back then I was like, oh shit, like 
I want to be a pro. Yeah, I had the same vision. Dude. I did a couple of physique competitions. Oh, did you? You did yeah. men's physique? And speaking of Andre Ferguson, it was so funny. I was, uh, I did the Brooklyn Grand Prix. I did. I did. I yeah, did. What did so you do it? Uh, yeah, it, we might have done the same one. Yo, if we did the same one, I'll I was in. I was in 16th place. It. You might have saw me in last place. Dude, but, uh, dude, I was. I was little, little. When yeah. was it? It was 2013. No, you might have been before me. I think. Damn. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny though. But um, it was an I. I was backstage, and Andre Ferguson walked by to say what's up to some of the competitors, and I'm like, oh, he's a different animal. Like I'm. This is not where I'm heading. I. He is. He's gifted, and he is so dedicated. And something about Andre is his realness is so fucking dope, oh man. I I appreciate realness so much. But um, yeah, I was backstage, and I saw Andre conversing with some of the physique competitors, and I'm like, yeah, there's a there's a disconnect. It's different. That that's oh, his yeah. thing, and I'm not gonna live up well, to listen, that. I mean, you you know, just being on the realness side of things, you 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 see the shape of these guys, you know what they're doing, right. and it's just that wasn't a lifestyle for me. And I've I've talked so openly about it on so many fronts. If you want to do things like that, that's cool. That's all you. But like, if I have to give up like the ability that I dropped all that weight naturally, yeah. I did all that shit in my mind. I I turned my shit around. I, I just didn't want to dabble with anything. Maybe one day I'll do TRT. Right, right, I yeah. start getting too old yeah, and yeah. I start I'm getting 40? them levels checked. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I'll, I'll start. I'll start doing it and then I'll I'll, I'll start looking like a savage yeah, again. Yeah, but, agreed. Yeah. You know, just it, it that side of the industry. It's tough because I we talk about it a lot. We talk about how they sell, not specifically the athletes, but the companies. Right. They sell this dream and this look that, yo, if you take this protein powder, right. you're gonna look like the guy in the yeah. head. Yeah. You're gonna look exactly like him. It's like, oh shit, really? Yeah, but what you don't know is that right. eh, it's not just protein. Yeah. Yeah. So when you start getting into the actual side of the competitions and doing that, and, and the people that come into the sport and they go, Oh, well, I'm just competing with me. It's like, uh, no, you think you are, but then you get on stage and you look around you and you're just like, oh, like this is a different ball game. Yeah, it's a different caliber. Man. I it's... was I was 150 on stage out of like, I want to say 30, 40 dudes. I was in physique class A. Okay. And I think I came in 20 something out of like the 40 guys, which right. is pretty good yeah, for a natural yeah, kid. Absolutely. But like, dude- I looked around. My mom sent me a text message. She sent me a text message. She was in the audience. She just said, I think we got a problem. She yeah. took a picture of when we, we all took a picture together from our backs. Mm -hmm. And I was just, I look like a munchkin. I look like, I look like right? a little last uh, dude. Yeah. Trust me. I have. Yeah, but see. Crazy. But you look incredible. Crazy. You know? Yeah, but it's like NPC physique competitor stage. That's that's a little dude. Yeah, it's and a little, I, I, little I, dude. I looked almost identical to that. And that's so funny. I was standing on stage and I just, I felt so out of place. And I'm like, okay, this was a really cool journey. And I learned so much over a 16-week prep. And I was like, just feeling super accomplished to step on the stage. But I also wasn't naive. And I understood that mm -hmm. that, that wasn't my my path. It opened my eyes. Right. That's what it, it was. It opened my eyes yeah. after that. I went, mm. Right. And then I did one more show. Same. Right after yeah. I did one more show. I said, let's give it a shot one more time. I was miserable, but it was, like I said, it was right after I rebounded horrifically. I went up 35 pounds in three days. I had edema, swollen ankles. I just, I was in bad shape. And I did all this away at college. I was at Quinnipiac. Mm. I was bodybuilding when I was away at school. Wow. I, had, I had my first big breakup at the time. Right. My mind was fucked up. And I just said, let me just dive into this. I don't want to drink. I don't want to fuck around with mm -hmm. girls. I want to just focus on the mission at hand, yeah. which is getting into the best shape I've ever been in in my life. And I did it. But it was short-lived because that rebound was nutty. Yeah. It was crazy. It's, it's interesting to be a college kid and to be surrounded by 
the complete antithesis of what you were trying to accomplish. And for you to have the vision and the discipline to just kind of head down, go to work, even though your surroundings were the complete opposite of that is, is awesome and I super really admirable. Don't, I really don't know how I did it. I'm going to be, I'm going to be so transparent. Breakups make bodybuilders. So, so, I'm uh, telling you, that, man, there's a little help there. A little my the mind, what, nobody could tell me anything different. I was so zoned and locked into the mission at hand. I, my roommates would come home. I was like, yo, I need to get seven and a half, eight hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. It's like, nobody better wake me to fuck up. I'm yeah. like, I'm not playing these games with y'all. Don't come in late. Right. Don't have girls screaming. Like that. I go, we could do that. Yeah. When I'm not here and I'm doing my cardio at got five a long in the morning. Grade, bro. We would have been the best. Yeah, we would have been great. We, yeah, we would have been <laughs> great. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it was prepping meals and right. I was eating five pounds of fish every two days, right, three doing days. Doing your fasted cardio before class. Fasted cardio. And all class. I wanted to do was eat my damn oatmeal yeah. and my 10 egg whites. It's yep. all I wanted. Yep. And it just... It, it it really did build me differently, and then I and then after college, I I, I got a coach that was uh, that is a functional medicine guy, and he's down in Florida. Super smart dude. I call him the mad scientist. I was in the best shape of my life with him. Crazy. Right. I was 180, 190 pounds, looking filled out, dude. I I mean I know nobody's gonna be able to see watching it, but like just. It was insane, like just feeding me and not making me hunker down and do cardio. Yeah. I look like, uh, yeah, I look like an animal. Yeah, still natural like an, there? Yeah. yeah never, man, I've never taken anything. Yeah, the difference is whatever that guy had you doing, he had you it, doing. 40 minutes of cardio a week, right. like just right. compound movements. I was squatting. I was mm-hmm. deadlifting three to four times a week. Yep. Like I was just for back days and leg days. 100%. That's the program I'm on now. I'm, I'm squatting, I'm pressing, I'm hinging heavy. Crazy, that's, man. That's what I'm doing. I was lifting, yeah. I was 190. I was lifting 500 on yeah, deads. Man. Yeah, you look I was, incredible, bro. I was, thank you. I appreciate yeah. it, man. I was shoulder pressing like the 130s yep. with the dumbbell. I was, I was monster shit. But we started getting me ready for a show. And it's funny because you say, I just you had that epiphany that like, it just wasn't for me. And we started getting me, getting me ready for a show. And I was 170 ish, 175 looking incredible. Like I look like I had that much size, but lean like the first picture. And I sent him a picture and he just, he sends me a message back. He goes, yo dude, you look sick. Like we're going to toast this. Like it's going to be great. Physique again, same category. Yeah, physique. Yeah. He goes, let's just keep the plan the same this week, this and that. And And he goes, how are you feeling? And I just went, He's like, what's wrong, man? Mm. I said, I don't think I want to do this anymore. He goes, okay, don't. Right. That's it. He goes, you're ri-. he goes, you're ripped for summer. Enjoy. It's a good coach. He goes, man. he goes, go have a burger. Yeah, Done. Yeah, like yeah, he yeah. didn't. My other coach would have either guilted me or like it would have been. And most coaches would be like that. But I never had somebody that was like supportive and and weighed in on his on my side of things and going, yo, if you don't want to do this anymore, yo, it's cool, dude. Like, you don't yeah. you don't have to do things that you don't want to do. Right. Right, especially a sport as extreme as bodybuilding. Tough, man. Right. And people don't people that don't go through preps, they don't realize how much it fucks with you mentally. Yeah. It really weighs on yeah, you. Yeah, the fatigue, the low energy, the crankiness because you're so Ooh. in such a caloric deficit. And Ooh. yeah, man, it's uh <laughs> not fun to be around. Not fun to be around. Had it, so what was like the split that you were doing? Like you said you did a sixteen week prep. I did twenty three weeks. Okay. Yeah, I was I'm always been a pretty lean guy to begin with, so I didn't have too much to cut, but if you ever want some of mine, I'll yeah, give it to you. Yeah, yeah. I gain weight I easy. Take some right I take, now, it, take it off yeah. of me, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just basically this, the normal traditional bro approach to step on stage. It was fasted cardio and then weights and then tilapia and chicken and lean <sighs> turkey and all that unenjoyable things that you, you got to do to get into the shape that it takes to be on stage. And um, yeah, it was a 16-week prep. And then I did the Long Island Classic or whatever they call okay. it. So I yeah, did the both, Long Island. Right. Yeah, I did both of those. 
And um, I was like, yeah, I, I love fitness, but I, I don't know if I, this is, I don't want to step on stage and show off the physique that yeah. I have now compared to guys that have it. They, that's their thing. I'm just going to go back to the gym. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree with right. that. I think, I think you've, um, I don't think, I know you found your calling because I watch you on the mic. I watch you do your thing. You love it. Yeah. You really do. You love yeah, it. You bring I, the energy every single day. Yeah. I've been there all week. And we all have bad days. We all have ups and downs and energy and this and that. And uh, I haven't seen a dip in it yet. So yeah, I st so I have this thing that I tell myself every morning, and I'm like, people are trusting me with their their day, their fitness journey, and it. My feelings are irrelevant at the moment. When I'm on the mic, I have two, three, four hundred people per day that I have no idea what's going on. They can have low energy, heartbreak, this, that. I'm I'm gonna show up for you. I'm gonna be there for you. You're investing in me and my company, and you trust me and my coaches and my people. I'm going to give you 110% every single time, regardless if I'm sick, tired, worked X amount of hours, whatever it is, you, you're investing in me, I'm going to give it back a thousand percent. And that's why we have such a nice symbiotic relationship with myself and all of the members. The members are my people, man. They're, they're my people and they get me and I get them and I show up for them and they show up for me and they show up for themselves and each other. And it just works. It just works. On the small business side of things, as a business owner, it's a big shift from just being a coach to now owning a business. Obviously, it comes with its own struggles. It comes with its own challenges and whatnot. Uh, how did you guys decide divvying up like what equipment you guys were going to buy? What made the most sense in, while you were setting the actual gym up? Because obviously, that first class that you guys opened up, you said Thursday you opened up, you finished the renovations. Sunday, Sunday was the first class. Right. So by that first Sunday, you didn't have every piece of equipment that you have now. No, so I, what was what has been the strategy in adding new pieces and and getting everything? So we always reinvested into the gym. So anytime we grew, um, we put money back into the cosmetics of the gym or the equipment itself. So my background working at a bunch of F45s, Orange Theories, and then even a couple of boutique studios in um, Santa Monica, I just had a pretty good understanding of what would be the most useful at the time in terms of equipment. And I'm like, I know we need some squat racks. We need some barbells. We definitely need dumbbells. We need some benches. And then uh, maybe some assault bikes if we can figure it out, or maybe some rowers, some sort of cardio equipment. And then I can figure out the rest. I can program around it, but let's just get the bare minimum in there. So we just started with a few benches, a rack of light dumbbells, uh, a couple squat racks, a couple barbells, a few plates. And I was just putting classes together with beneficial movements of the equipment that we had and some cool cardio schemes and some full body days and some circuit training. And then over time, once the gym started to grow, I'm like, all right, pulleys would be sick because obviously we can hit the muscle properly if we had the right angle and the right resistance profile for all of these things. So we started to get pulleys and resistance bands and hex bars and kettlebells. And I'm like, oh, this is a dream come true. So it was funny when we first opened, we had a wish list, like a dream list. And we're like, if we can afford it, this is what we'll buy. And we just slowly started to implement the equipment. And then as the, the clientele grew, the gym grew. So people felt like they were reinvesting in their training because we kept popping up with cool new shit that would help them amplify their physique and their training. And that's kind of how it went, man. We started we started with the bare minimum. And then over time, we just started to piece it together. But now we're busting at the intellectually, like Intellectually. Intellectually. Yeah, just yeah. making sure that it was the right equipment for the right fit on what you guys were going to be doing for the programming. Right. Which I want to get into the programming. You know, the assault runners are great, man. Those treadmills yeah, yeah. are the shit. Oh, they're awesome, dude. They are the shit. And it kind of emulates out run outdoor running. So it's not a traditional treadmill where it picks it, your feet up for you. You got to move your mechanics. You get way more muscle recruitment, way more conditioning on those things. Um, they're a gold mine. They're, I didn't they're, think, I didn't, I would have never thought the farmer walk on there. That, that was good, man. Yeah, that yeah. was good. We're doing single arm just in case. Yes, but, yes, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, on the programming side of things, it was funny because when I was in LA, 
a lot of these gyms were like, this is your time slot and you have to program around it and you have to show up with a program. And at Orange Theory, you had a template. So you would just read off the script and provide the workout. It was very simple to say the least. But um, when I got to these other gyms- It has to be dummy proof for all the other franchisees. That's what it is. Yeah. And it works very well for them. Um, But when I started to get into these other gyms, they're like, this is your time slot. This is when you coach. This is the equipment you have. You have to start putting something together. And I did not have a programming background. Um, So that's when I just did deep dives into forums and books and YouTube videos and podcasts of people that were putting together workouts. And I would just kind of copy and paste what they were doing because it made sense for me at the time. And that allowed me to continue to just put tools in my tool belt and just strengthen my arsenal of programming. And then when I went to OG, I had a pretty good understanding of what worked and what didn't just because of the LA experience. And um, yeah, now I, I program every day. 24 hours a day, 365. I'm always working on programming. Anytime you guys have a, a group chat that you guys kind of just... me, man. Oh, it's just yeah, you? You yeah. do all the programming? Right now, yeah. Oh, I would shit. like to put together like a program design team over time. Um, but yeah, I've programmed every One Gear 60 from day one to now. Um, and we went through legs, push, pull. We've done bro splits. We've done full body. Um, and then now going into the summer, we're going to do a little bit more of a high intensity program, but it's continuing to evolve and take legs of its own. And as the members get more advanced and stronger, the program will meet them halfway. So it's just always this reoccurring investment. And then that's where Taylor comes in because he has this incredible strength and conditioning background where I pull a lot of gems from him and he'll tell me this would work really well, but that's kind of nonsense. That really wouldn't work so great. Um, and now over time we have supersets and drop sets and cluster sets and push pull and just so many cool different schemes that work very, very well. And it's just, it's just evolution, man. You got to kind of show up every single day and get a little bit better. And you have to be a student and you have to kind of listen to the people and the feedback and everything around you. If you think you have it all figured out, um, that's when you're going to kind of run yourself into a hole. So I'm Every day, I'm just trying to learn more and implement more and listen to feedback and just kind of feel the energy in the room and see what works well. And then I kind of just get back to the drawing board when I get home and I'm, I'm writing all night and every morning and I'm just putting together these programs. So when we did, uh, when Tyler and I came to the one, one of the back days, you had said, uh, we're going to start off with the meadow row and then going over to right. the top with the landmine. Yeah, that's a perfect example. It's it's cool because I, you know, you you hear these things and, you know, I, I was very fortunate to actually know John. Like I, hey, you told me. Not only did I shoot him, we were friendly, yeah. we used to text all the time, like yeah. just one of the best human beings to grace this planet, just a, a grade A dude, wealth of knowledge. Just oh uh, my god, yeah. dude, so smart. I right. mean, so smart. And I, like I said, I went from being a fan back in 2012 to uh, us communicating a little bit on social media. Isn't that crazy how that works out, man. You to, uh, oh, you do videos. Hey, why, yeah. why don't we do some stuff? And then right. just we did a lot of stuff together. And I was just very fortunate that my background and his background met at that, the right time in yeah. the universe is aligning. That's what it is, man. And it's two people that are on their path and they take their job very seriously and they're working hard and it just makes sense. There's a ton of people in the industry that I would just be home watching their YouTube videos and then eventually I was in the same room as them. Like C.T. Fletcher, I flew out to California and I did a weekend workout with C.T. Fletcher and I would just, a year before, I was just on YouTube just watching his shit before the gym. As like it's weird, right? It's weird, man. And it's, it's really cool. And for me, it's like a little head nod from the universe. Like you're on the right path. I keep doing it. I'll keep putting you in these situations and these environments that you belong to be in, but make sure you do the work and you earn your spot at this table. Um, it's funny. I was working at this place called Circuit Works in Santa Monica and, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, his coffee shop was right next door. So he would always ride his bike up and down and I would always kind of see him. And one day he just sat outside the coffee shop and he watched me coach. Arnold Schwarzenegger was just listening to me coach and he was watching my program. And then after class, he gave me this head nod. And ever since then, I'm like, 
oh, I'm, I'm doing this. I can do this. I know I can do this. This was <laughs> that, like the craziest thing that could happen gangster. to anyone. And that was such a life-altering moment. It changed my brain chemistry for life. I'm like, I can, I can do this. I know I can do this. It was a weird... Weird uh, little switch in my mind, getting that head nod from somebody like that. It, it was, was a nod from the universe, really. That's, what, that's, that's really... exactly how I took it, man. Yeah. And I ran with it, and I never looked back since. I yeah. love that. It was cool. Um, let me ask you this. OG, where'd the name come from? Was there brainstorming? Did you guys just kind of, was it just, hey, we're OG? Yeah, it's a great question, because not many people even really know what it, knows what it stands for, and we don't even, it kind of just took a life of its own. But um, So a couple years back, when Lenny and I became friends, I was obsessed with Cameron Haynes and Goggins and all of these ultra marathon runners and I was getting into ultra marathon running so I was doing 50 milers 100 milers 24 hour races and I was obsessed and I was still lifting weights and I was still like just kind of just getting it in every day and Lenny just said something funny one day he's like dude you have one gear no matter what you do it's just one gear you're always going all in I'm like oh one gear sounds pretty fucking cool so we wrote that down one day just because I like the name of it and um a couple days later I was like I'm just going to lock that name in real quick. And I did uh, an LLC. I just made One Gear Fitness because it felt true to me. It felt good. It felt very organic. And it came from one of my best friends that truly sees me. And then uh, we were going to open as One Gear Fitness. And we're like, OG just kind of sounds cooler. Like it's it just sounds like a cleaner brand. So would you do a DBA? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool, cool. Yep. And uh, it, technically, I guess it stems from One Gear, but OG can have multiple purposes and meanings. Yeah, I know? didn't know it's, that it was One cool. Gear. So that's it, pretty, it, that's it pretty originated dope. as One Gear. That's yeah. pretty dope. Right. On the ultra marathon stuff, like how long would that take? What was your training like during the week? I'm actually intrigued. Yeah, I would just muscle that thing out, man. I didn't have a run coach or really any type of guidance. I was listening to Goggins on Rogan one day, and he was telling me that he did this 24-hour race, and he was telling me just kind of how it um, – changed his life a little bit because he went from running no miles to maybe one mile to two miles. And he's like, I think I can sign up for this hundred miler and to listen to his journey and all of the life lessons that he took from that solo endeavor of being in a dark place and continuing to persevere and push through the pain and the fatigue and the self-doubt, it just sounded very, very attractive to me. So I just kind of put some running shoes on. I'm like, let me see how far I can run at first. And it was like 15 minutes at first. And I'm like, tomorrow I'm going to try for a little bit more. And then over time I was doing like these five, six hour runs and I was doing these 50 mile runs um, over time. It was a progression. Where are you going? Belmont State Park, which is funny because we're hosting a 5K there April 16th. And it, no, I heard. I, yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah. selectively took Shameless that out of my... Plug. I, I, oh, no, please, yes, yeah, yeah. Pl plug it up yeah. right after I'm done with right. saying this, but uh, I selectively turned my hearing off for that. But I would do all my training runs there because it was beautiful. It was a lake and it was a park and it was outside and I felt good doing there and it was just a continuous loop. So I'm like, if I did this loop 50 times, Damn. I'll be all right. And um, it was therapeutic for me, man. I would put on these podcasts and these audiobooks, and I was not only bettering my my physical health, but my mental health. Cause now I had five hours carved out of my day where I could just be alone with my thoughts through this run. And then I was listening to Jocko and I was listening to Tim yeah. Grover and all these people that just had more tools for my tool belt, man. And I'm obsessed with just learning more and implementing more. So that's kind of how it went, man. And then uh, Lenny and I became, and Taylor became really good friends because I wanted to do this 24 hour race from Montauk to Babylon. So I'm like, I want to do this 24 hour run. It was during the pandemic. I'm like, all right, we'll get some bikes and we'll just ride next to you for 24 hours. And they brought backpacks with my food and my water and it was raining and it was kind of snowing and it was a shitty night and it was horrible. And they were by my side the entire time. So from there, I'm like, oh, these are my guys. These are my people. It just felt so true and so right. And then um, since that run, since I made the decision to do that run with those guys, it turned into into what we have pack, now. Pack, man. Yes, the pack, That, that out with the pack, man. Yeah, if I could give advice to anyone that's really trying to change their lives, you have to look at the people that you surround yourself with. You're going to become that. And I just, from high school on, I'm like, I need to surround myself with high-level people because I want to be high-level myself. And if you want to go fast, you go alone. But if you want to go far, you go together. And I wanted to find people that I could go together with. 
And I found those dudes, and they changed my life, man. I that's love those amazing. guys. That's yeah, amazing. That's amazing, dude. I'm, I, I'm yeah. excited to meet them. Lenny comes down. He, he, yeah, Lenny's there. He's uh, he's more on the back end, so he that's keeps right. us, he keeps us so. organized. Yeah, he um, he's the business side of the gym, and then Taylor, I, Taylor and I are kind of on the forefront of the fitness. Cool. Um, but yeah, Lenny keeps the lights on, man. He keeps us rolling. I definitely want to meet Taylor, uh, and I know I will. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you ran to Montauk? I ran from Montauk. From Montauk to? The goal was Babylon. Okay. I made it like 19 hours. I was like 72 miles in, and I just couldn't take another step. I could not take another step. My ankles, my knees, my hips, everything, it was just done. I, my miles turned into like 25-minute mile paces. I just couldn't move. And um, we decided to call it a night just because I physically could not get another step in. Um, the guys drove me home. Did you start at the lighthouse? Started at the lighthouse. Cool, yeah, yeah, man. started at the lighthouse. And then I made it like 19 hours into some town, and then I ended up just on some lady's front lawn. And then uh, <laughs> the next day, the next day I finished the six hours that I had left. Oh, so, so you finished it? Y- not the run, but I just went out for six more hours because That's I, cool. had, Listen, man. I had something that was not finished, and I couldn't check the box and move on unless I uh, checked the box and move on. So I went for the last little bit of distance, the last little bit of time, and then the, that was that. That's awesome. It was cool. Uh, I wanted to talk about Ice Plunge. Yeah. You guys got the Ice Plunge there. And I, this is before we were even speaking, I was looking at Morasco Forge and what the pricing was, and I was talking to them on the back end side oh, cool. just about some stuff. And then I saw, I saw that you guys were like one of the gyms that have it. They have yeah. a list of gyms to go try the actual- I didn't even realize that. Yeah, oh, they cool, have cool. you guys on the website. Yeah, hell yeah. So I thought that that was pretty cool. What what was the thought process in getting the ice plunge with it just that we have so much training going that now we have to have a recovery side as well? Because you do have the yoga classes as well, which right. Matt told me are phenomenal. Nicole is world-class. She is incredible. Um, the goal between the goal behind the so Taylor came from a background. He owns cry, his family owns cryology in uh, there's a couple of different locations, and he had a sauna and he has the cryo tank. And we wanted to throw in some sort of beneficial recovery for our clients. So we did have an infrared sauna until we outgrew it, and then uh, we had to get rid of it because we needed the gym space. And then we thought a nice complement would be the ice bath. So we have a little hot cold contrast therapy going on. And we were in LA and we were hanging out in our buddy's backyard, Chris Hager, and the owners of Morasco were there. I was sick. Yeah, and we got to know them, and them and Lenny became really good friends, Adrian and Lenny, and they just they got to know each other very, very well, and that was just a backburner type thing. And then when we opened OG, we realized, oh, we might have a potential connection for a really great ice bath. And then, um, yeah, we hit them up. We did, like, um, some sort of payment plan. They shipped it out to us, and now we have the ice bath. And it's cool. It's open for booking. Um, you could do it unguided or guided. We can put you through some breath work. What and do some- you recommend? I would do the guided. I would do the guided because Lenny's incredible at implementing breath work to kind of get your parasympathetic nervous system on the right track before you put yourself in this extremely stressful situation. So it is a really nice experience. You can go to OG and you can book this session and Lenny will do some breath work with you and just kind of get your mind right and guide you through the entire experience, two, three, four, five minutes. Um, And then when you get out, you're doing some more breath work to kind of recharge the battery. It's it's a really cool experience. Yeah, it's a nice nice thing that we offer. I've been wanting to get an ice bath so bad, but I rent in Huntington Village and there's really nowhere to put it. Right. (laughs) And if I I don't know if I want to buy the cattle trough and be that psycho in the back with all of them. Especially in these uh, colder months. Months, you just leave it outside. And yeah, but now it's going to be getting warm. I'm going to be screwed now. Right, right, right. I don't even have to go running in ice, ice. And I'm yeah. like, oh, it's yeah. over. I just, I'd rather just take the cold shower. So I, my tub in my apartment is is very small. Mm-hmm. So it's like I wind up. I try to do a couple of ice baths in there, right. and I wind up just like slowly submerging myself. Yeah. But then my stomach was sticking right. out, and I had like one boob hanging like out. I'm like, oh my yeah, god, yeah, yeah, I'm like, this yeah, is yeah, over. Yeah. So, so I just, funny. I do the, I do the cold <laughs> showers here and there. I try to do them at night. Because if I, if I feel like I'm just awake after that. So I Makes try sense. to do it after, if I train in the morning with you guys or Bev or something like that, I try right. to just go. 
I'll do my, my warm shower and then I'll end off with like five minutes of just ice cold shower. Yeah, the cold therapy is huge right now, especially with like Huberman breaking into Ooh, the space. Love and Huberman. Yeah, he's putting out some uh, some gems, man. He's like the guy's Oprah. He's just you, should, you guys some... should do some Wim Hof stuff at the gym. Yeah, Lenny does implement the Wim Hof breathing um, before your ice bath session. And uh, they also went to the UFC Performance Institute and learned some really cool breathwork methods. That's cool. That, uh, that they also implement. So... Yeah, again, tools in the tool belt, man. Just just kind of uh, learning, learning and implementing and giving the people the good is kind of what we're all about. Yeah, so uh, now you said the classes run from 6 a.m. to- 5 a.m. 4.45. Yeah. Oh, so I'm late. You're, you're late, oh, man. Oh, yeah. man, I'm late. You 50 people that outworked you already, <laughs> oh, man. Jesus. Yeah, so uh, 4.45 a.m. is the first class. And then uh, we have a couple in the morning up until like 10. We do yoga strong. Taylor has some private clients throughout the day. And then we pick back up for that one gear 60, whether it's like three or four at night. And um, yeah, man. And it's, it's different on the weekends. I see one gear 90. So that's going to be a specialty event that we're hosting. So that's a 90 minute class. Okay. Cause so I'm, I, cause I'm the first time looking in at the schedule. Right, right. I've never seen it. Before. It's once in a blue moon. It's a 90 minute class, a little different than the one hour, a little more intense. Um, we create like really cool content for it, for the members and on our side for our cool. page. Um, yeah. So that's the one gear 90, but normally on the weekends you have like five or six classes on a Saturday, three or four classes on a Sunday. Uh, we have a run club that everyone can go to and participate. Um, we just started a soccer club because one of our coaches, Kim is huge into soccer. So just again, putting good out there and just having Get, just having a meeting spot for our community to just do different things and be active and just be the best version of them is really all we're looking to do. That's, That's awesome because there's do. so there's it's it's such a fragmented community if you right. don't give that right right and, and and for people that so like I I gave up drinking now not an alcoholic yeah I just I don't want any vices. I made the same decision I don't yeah. want I any vices an alcoholic yeah I just didn't want it I don't want any vices in my life right. I don't smoke weed I don't do vapes or anything like that I never was into any of that shit but I did like to have like some sake or uh, a beer or two when I was playing Xbox shit like mm -hmm. that just I've had that mental state shift yeah, the last awakening yeah, yeah it's weird I I can't even explain it it's right. just so ah yeah it's so transcendent of just like the the feeling that you need to. I'm almost at that point where you just need to upgrade to the next level. Right. You're at that spot where like everything that's brought, that you've done has brought you to this part of your life. And you've done a great job. Done a great job. Me and you. Yeah, yeah. But now it's right. almost like I feel like for myself, it's time that I upgrade again. Yeah. And the people around me, the things that I do in my free time, like there are, there are podcasts that I would listen to for enjoyment, just like fun podcast i'm nerdy i like magic the gathering yeah, i yeah. like video games so i'd listen to like a magic the gathering i can't even listen to them anymore the last couple of weeks yeah it doesn't serve you oh it's yeah. a struggle it's man interesting, I'm just man it's uh when you get this download or this insight and this push to become a little bit better and i feel like that's where people fall, fall short they don't know how to x out what's not serving them and step into what potentially could and it takes courage and it takes faith and takes a lot of discipline. It's funny because when you go from level zero to level one, you implement some discipline practices. And as you continue to level up and go to a higher frequency, you need to hold on to everything that brought you to that level. And you also need to kind of take on whatever else is going to get you to that level. So evolution, evolution. And yeah, it's interesting. And you can't have baggage, man. You can't have people that weigh you down or conversations that doesn't serve you or just involve yourself with, uh, just environments that are not conducive to your growth. I learned that for some reason at a young age and I was never the one to go out and drink and party and it just didn't serve me. I'd rather be either kicking it at home or going to the gym or just, I, I'm low key, man. I like to just kind of, yeah. Just, Very low key. Uh, like this is the most that I'm ever in front of a camera. I don't like being in front of the camera for the most part. I really don't. I like to shoot the content, do my thing. And that, that was it. I never thought that it would be like this. I bought the camera originally because I wanted to have a YouTube video, a YouTube channel 
mainly focusing on pros that I was around and teaching people things. That's really what I wanted to do. And then it turned into like all the supplement companies started hitting me up and then all the other people, hey. Because of could, the content that you were putting Yeah, out? just because like I was with these people and they were like, oh, well, I started working with Flex Lewis and then yeah. I'm Kai Green's video guy. So like it kind of just all spread out and then Rain and Monster and then right. every monster division now is hitting me up for different wow. projects. So it's cool, man. It's cool how it works out that way. But, you know, I, if, if I didn't start off on the path that I'm on, which is... I'm not into vices. I'm not into like drama with girls and I'm not into anything like that. Like, like we said, before we cut them out, I'd, I'd rather just be alone. Yeah. I don't want to deal with fucking shit that I don't have to, right. that doesn't serve me. Right. And even friends, I've cut friends out over the years. It's always tough. People think that I'm so easy to cut people out and I am, but it lingers for a while. You're like, damn, you know, I, I would love to hit so-and-so yeah, up. For I love sure, that. man. But then I still go through that. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? You go... They didn't serve me anymore. They were negative force. Right, right. They did me wrong somehow. And if they did you wrong once, they'll do you wrong again. But they just weren't a contribution to where I was heading. Exactly. You know? And it's no harm, no foul. And I feel like uh, some of the guys that I stopped hanging out with, I think they understand that it's all love. And it's all love on my end. It's just, I got moves to make, man. I got shit to do. And I just, I can't kick it where you guys are kicking it. But it's all love all the time. Um, when it came to the podcast, how did your videos turn into what this is now? Oh, man. So I'll tell you. The podcast started because I'm probably going to get a lot of listeners that don't listen to me regularly because you're on the show. Uh, so the podcast started not by myself. It started with my buddy, John Panetti. So John and I were cool through Bev's. Uh, we just kind of in passing, what's up? John has the deepest fucking voice in history. Literally, you walk by me like, yo, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Like, you're like, oh, oh my God. You just shook my sternum. <laughs> so uh, John's super dope human being. Awesome. I really love John. He's a good dude. John hit me up one day at the gym. He's like, yo, this is in 20, I want to say this is like 2018. He's like, yo, dude, I want to do a podcast. You know, uh, I want to talk to you about doing one. I said, oh, cool, bro. Now I'm on, I'm on my, my business side of things. I, oh shit. He wants me to shoot the podcast for him. Cool. Little, little retainer contract. So when this conversation happened, you were on the media side. I, I was always on the media. I was always on the shooting video side before right. I did the podcast. Okay. So I was like, oh shit. He wants me to shoot the podcast, get a little bit of recurring income, you know, cause that's really... A lot of videographers and photographers listen to me. They understand when I tell them and I give a lot of them advice, not only on pricing, what to, what to deal with customer feedback and, and, and clients just on the, on, the, on the business side of things. Recurring income is gold for somebody that freelances. Right. So when you have a contract, you could like relax a little, a, just a little bit. All right. Takes the edge off a little. A little bit. Right. Like, but you know, you're still edgy, but yeah, right, you, right, you, right. it takes the edge off a little bit. So John asked me if, you know, we could do the podcast. I said, cool. So I said, let's, let's meet at Starbucks and we'll talk about some options. I go there, fucking notebook. I'm like, yo, you need to get, and I never knew anything about podcasting. I said, you need to get X amount of this. You were need you a fan this. of podcasts at the time? You were I listening listen here and there. Yeah. I liked, I liked yeah, to idea. listen to people that had things to teach you and show you. Sure. Um, and he, and, I, and he stops me after like five minutes of me rambling and he just goes, yo, bro, I, I want to do one with you. I went, oh, mm -hmm. Sure. Like, yeah, let's, let's yeah. rip it out. Like, I guess so. Like, I don't have anybody else that I would do one with. And what was his, his original background? What was his thing? Uh, was... His is personal training. Okay. Personal training, but he also had supplement company, um, not a company that makes supplements, but like a, a distribution site, Got like bodybuilding.com mm -hmm. when he was personal training in the city. Okay. Super. He was much younger than me at the time. I mean, he was like in his early twenties and I was in my mid to late twenties when I started doing the podcast with him. So we both kind of brought different 
same fitness background, but we brought different ends of the spectrum. I've always been very business related. Sales for 10 years of my life, like always had a job, never went to the parties. I was always focused on making money and, and the things that I needed to do and, and, and push me forward. Very relationship driven, never sleeping around. Like I was always right. very like this. And, and, and John, not to say he isn't, but he was very on the personal training, but business side of personal training. So we kind of broke, both brought a synergistic relationship to the podcast and we started just talking to people in our network. Hey, we'd love to have you on after we did four episodes by ourselves. Love to have you on, talk to you about some things, blah, blah, blah. We'd love to come on. I think we did 60 something episodes and, uh, it was a hit, man. I mean, we were getting thousand to 1500 listens an episode. Yeah. We were just about to get sponsors. COVID. Mm. So it was tough to get guests in and I don't want to do remote shit. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to sacrifice the quality and the emotional feel of sitting across the table from somebody. Yeah. That human interaction. Yeah. Is everything, yeah. Just to do a Skype interview and shit like that. It's not right. the same. It's right. like, I'm talking to a screen. Yeah, I, feel that. I look at these damn things all day. I don't want to look at another screen. Yeah. Understood. So John and I kind of disbanded uh, and it was nothing against John. I just, we were using all my gear. He did contribute to his portion of the mics and stuff like that. And we split this desk right here. Good desk from Ikea. That's <laughs> yeah, good desk. Um, <laughs> good wood. Yeah, 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 good. So, you know, just it, it, became, a, it became a strain right. because I was getting all the guests. He had a couple of guests that he brought in, but it just, it felt more work on my end than it was. And we kind of just both agreed and we drifted off. Right. Still good friends. I want to have him on for this podcast. Mm. But then I told you, then I started another podcast during the pandemic with Tyler. Our boy Ty. With Ty Ty, yeah, with Samurai Ty, for those that know and listen to Brajol Brothers, <laughs> I'll tell you about that off the air. Um, so we we had a great rapport. We had a good time because it was just us shooting the shit and having fun. But after 11 episodes, it was kind of the same. And Ty didn't want to put a lot of that stuff out there. Whereas me working for myself, I don't care. I'll talk about whatever the hell I want. It don't matter to me. Right. Like I, I got my back and I, I'm transparent on all fronts. Then I said, after that disbanded, I was like, no more podcasts for me. I'm good on this. I'm not doing another one. And then Jamal hit me up. He's like, yo, I want to do a show. Ah, not doing this again. Right. I said, here's what we'll do. I'm going to have my own show. Rizology. It'll be my thing. And then I can have co-hosts come whenever you want. You want to jump on an episode? Yeah, recurring guests. And you want to jump on an episode? Hit me up. Right. No, Nick, I want to rip one next week. Done. Right. Come to the studio. We'll rip one. Yeah. That's what Andre does. Mm -hmm. Andre had some shit um, with, uh, you know, Aaron Banks. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Aaron Banks and I became very close. He's going to come. He in. just uh, popped up on the scene, huh? Or am I late? <laughs> popped up. I'm like, who so, is this guy? Uh, yeah. So the way Aaron Banks showed up, I shot the Olympia. No, I shot the Arnold last year with Rain and Kai. Mm. And when I saw Dre at the, at the Arnold, he said, yo, this dude, Aaron Banks, bad dude. He's yeah. going to win the Arnold. And he called it a couple weeks before. Right. Aaron Banks slaughters the competition at the Arnold. Yeah. Then... A week later, the Boston Pro hits me up and they go, yo, we want you to shoot photos for the Boston Pro. And it was actually funny when you put Akon on this morning for the this morning workout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I shot Akon at the concert that oh, night. Oh, sick, dude. So I'm laughing. I'm like, I'm like, yo, man, this is crazy. That's like, yeah, Survivor. Yeah, 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 I was like, this is the last time I heard the Akon. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually him on stage right. singing it. Yeah, wild. So uh, when Aaron was there, Andre said the same thing. He's like, yo, he's going to win the Boston Pro. So I saw Aaron backstage and I said, yo, man, I said, my name's Nick. I do a podcast, this and that. I also shoot a lot of content. I said, uh, you know, Andre had a lot of great things to say about you. Really good dude, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, thank you, man. This and that. Let me know if you're in New York, man. Let's, let's rip a cast. He's like, oh, I'd love to. And that was kind of just it. Then I, I sent him some pictures that I sent him on stage. He loved them. We started talking here and there. And then randomly, he's like, yo, I'm going to be in New York in like a week and a half, two weeks. You want to do it? I said, sure. We did the podcast. He said on the podcast, he goes, yo, 
I'm going to win that fucking Olympia. And everyone that's talking shit saying I'm not, he's like, watch. Okay. When they raise my hand and say, and new, I said, oh, shit. That's the energy, man. That's the energy. Go to the Olympia. Now, I know you're a bodybuilding fan, too. Yeah. One of the coolest things ever was in 2012 when I first joined Bev's, you'd see Kai Green walking around. Gangster. Yeah, like it's just, one of the reasons why I would just stop into Bev's for the potential visual yeah. of Did one ever, of you ever guys. get to meet him? I never met him. Not okay. in person. Yeah. So- he would just walk around. He'd be doing his cardio, getting ready for the Olympia, shit like that. My boy elbows me one day. He's like, yo, that's fucking Kai Green. Like, Kai Green, no joke, Mr. Olympias, like the going greatest. up there, this and that. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, that's pretty cool. We took a picture together, 2012. Weird how things turn out. Like, it's just weird how the stars align. Right, right. Now we're going to Germany in three weeks together. Like, so anyway, I'm at the Olympia this in, in Vegas this past year. Kai and I are sitting in the, in the crowd both nights, prejudging and finals. And while we're sitting there, every dude that's coming out, he's like, all right, so this is what he has to wear. And he's sitting next to me telling me all this. And I'm like, this is kind of fucking crazy yeah, how dude. things just work out. Like 2012, taking a picture with Kai Green. As a fan. As a fan. Yeah. Just part of, hey, man, like, right. I heard you're great. And, you know, I, 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 you got an amazing physique and you seem like a good dude. Right. Can we take a picture? Yeah. Cool. Cool. Hey. And they're like, that was it. To now sitting at the Mr. Olympia and he's sitting there going, all right, so what he has to work on is that. And then Hope the music. appear as a friend. Yeah, yeah man. The bikini dude. girls come out. We're dancing. We're laughing. We're having <laughs> yeah. a good time. It was just dope. So uh, Aaron comes out on stage and I had the people from Wolfpack Fitness next to me and they're a sponsor of Brandon Hendrickson. Okay. Yep. So. Who's another who's, force. Who's, who's competing for the one spot with Aaron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so they're about to announce the thing and I'm going, come on, Aaron. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, and they're yeah. like eyeballing me like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, like, yeah, we're, yeah, He's going against our guy that we sponsor. <laughs> so they raise his hand, man. And they, he said- and That's how I found out about him as most recent, man. I and they said, and Taylor, new? see this guy? Dude, they said, and new. And I was like, wow, he called that oh, shit. Cool. So then we're talking- and then I go to the uh, Arnold Classic to shoot a couple of weeks ago, and I see him. Uh, we were going to try to rip a podcast before he stepped on stage. He's like, yo, I'm going to toast this shit again. Like He's like, I got this. It's in the bag. Right. So I see him backstage at finals. I'm with Kai, and Aaron walks up to me. He's like, yo, Nikki, Nikki. I'm like, what's up, bro? Like We dap each other up. I said, yo, how'd it go? I didn't get to see anything because I've been at the booth and this and that. He goes, come on. Right, right. Come on. Yeah, we, yeah. You know how you we know do. How he goes, you know how we do. I said, okay. He goes out on stage torches him, wins, comes backstage, and that's the video I post. I don't know if you saw oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Yo, I just, I was filming something over here. It was Seabum and Kai, and they just finished talking. I, I was about to hit the record button stop, and I look, and Aaron comes out. I go, I know he's about to say some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just turned the camera, and that was it. Wow. So Aaron comes in uh, May. He's going to be here, and we're going to do a podcast oh, and shit like cool. that. Uh, I don't know. He may be doing content. Maybe I'll bring him down and shit yeah, like that. Hit me up, cool. man, for Dude, sure. Aaron's the shit, man. Yeah, he's super, super dope. cool. Yeah. So it's just weird how like the fitness ties and industries and this and that. Like that, that's the long story of like. Do you ever think about how you were able to break through or why you were able to break through? Because there's probably so many people in your position that are content creators and fitness fans and they would love an opportunity to be backstage at Olympia or film for all of these companies and these supplement companies. Do you ever kind of take a step back and think what did you know this was going to happen or were you like, no, mm. no, I had no idea. I have no idea it was going to be the impact that it was in certain ways. I've always, my catchphrase since I started doing videos was I'm just warming up. 
And I mean, I meant that genuinely. Like I meant that the things that I'm doing now are going to be minuscule compared to what I'm going to do at some point. Yeah, absolutely. My main goal is to shoot movies. I didn't want to be in fitness. Mm. Still I want, now? To still. This day? I would love to be a director of photography. I want to shoot real shit. Like Christopher Nolan, yeah. be, be his camera, even though he is technically a camera guy too, be his camera guy on set. Help him out. Now my mom runs the, uh, which is weird because it kind of happened after I got into the camera work. She's on the board for the Long Island Film Festival. Mm. And she also helps to find funding for Hollywood movies. So she's got a lot of different connections that we've been getting me ex some experience on sets. I think at the end of the day, what, what means a lot to me on the content side of things, and I try to explain to a lot of content creators all the time, is you got to know your worth. You got to know the clients that you're working with, who really bangs for you. Like who really is there for you and who is just kind of like, yeah, I got to get content out and you're just a number and they'll replace you with somebody else that's cheaper because videographers are a dime a dozen. Right. They really are. Right. But somebody that's good, that you connect with, that produces good content and the vibes are there, that's huge. Yeah, shout out to my boy, Kevin, man. Shout out to Kevin. Yeah, yeah, Met him the other day. Yeah. Super nice, man. And I would love to do some collabs with him. Yeah, I'm he's always incredible. looking. I'm always looking for good people. Mm -hmm. I think my issue has been the people that have asked me to do things on the content side with me, it's not that they're not as good as me. I'm, I'm not the best. I'm also not the worst. So like I never, I, like you said, there's, there's always room to be a student. I, there is so much more I have to learn on every, every aspect of this. The business side, the shooting side, the editing side. There, it's a multifaceted profession that gets taken advantage of by a lot of people all the time. Mm -hmm. And I, that's a message that I give out to them. I, I think one of my callings is definitely going to be to give some coaching and to give some insight to a lot of content creators. Yeah, that'll be huge. I, that'll be I. Yeah, that'll be huge. That's something that I really do want to do. Right, because if you think about people that are in a position that you want to be in, not many of them are putting out content or lessons and things on how to get to where they are. You know, they're just kind of talking about being at the top or showing off their gigs and showing off their people. If you can relate to the people and kind of show the blueprint or at least give a little bit of an outline on how you've done that, that that's a win to me, man. Yeah. That's huge. The amount of shit that I could like stroke my ego on right. and put out there yeah. and be like, dude, I mean, shooting Action Bronson, shooting Mike O'Hearn and right. Ulysses in Dubai with so, Kai. Like, the and, and there's a lot of people that I've worked with that I don't talk about. Cause it's not an ego thing to me. I don't, my mom always says, she's like, why don't you take pictures with these people? I, I know I shot them. Right. I got the footage. My hard drives are right there. Right. They're all backed up. I got all the content mm -hmm. sitting right there. That's all I need. I know it. I, this isn't like a dick stroking contest for me. Right. I like to do cool things with cool people. And there's been plenty of people that I've worked with that are huge names that are assholes. And I never want to work with them ever again in my life. It don't matter if they offer me $5 million a year. Yeah. I don't like your energy and I don't want you around. Right. It's not I don't want to be around it's you. It's not worth it. And I've said, uh, that was one of the clips I put out as well. I don't care if somebody's this huge astronomical name and they say, hey, I want to come on the podcast. I don't want you on the podcast. Yeah. To sit here and fake a conversation with somebody, it won't work. Yeah, and, the, yeah. and the episode will be shit. So, and I, I want to let you say what you're going to say, uh -huh. but like one of the tidbits that I, that I tell a lot of content creators and people that, it goes for everything, honestly. It just goes for a good lesson in life. Understand your non-negotiables. Understand the things that you morally will not accept from either yourself, your clients, the people that are around you. If there's if there's a behavior that somebody does that you just can't stand, don't have them around. Like, don't do it. If there's a client that every 20 fucking minutes they hit you up, where's the thing, where's the thing? And you already told them, like, it's not on the day of the deadline yet. 
That's stress that you don't need. Right. Non-negotiables are huge. The other side of things is networking. I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of people, and I'm blessed to know so many people in so many areas. I have people hit me up. All, I'm actually thinking of getting a business phone because it's too, it's too much now. I have people hit me up all fucking day. Uh, hey, do you have a guy for this? Hey, can you can you connect me with somebody this? Hey, can you, because even with Rain and Monster, I don't just shoot videos for them. I connect them with so many people. My buddy Matt DiLorenzo shouts to Matt who has taken Tier, which is a swimsuit company and swimming company and made it the monster fitness machine that it's turning into. They yeah. make shoes now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's sponsoring all the main events mm. at a lot of different CrossFit. And I made the instruction to him and Rain. Mm. Now he's doing, all their, he's doing a lot of their clothing right. and he's, do, he's sponsoring a lot of their athletes. But that comes full circle, man. But that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. good people right. and networking, understanding the people that are around you and, and, the, and not even what they can do for you, but what you could do for them. Like, I'm cool on it. I don't shoot a lot for Matt. I really don't. Right. Like if he he knows if he needs something, he can ask me. I don't shoot for Matt. Matt needs something, he can hit me up. But I'm still gonna recommend Matt right. when people say, Oh, I need clothing made. Matt's the guy, man. Matt's the shit. Good, good dude, business mind, super easy going, and they make high quality shit. So networking and knowing your people on a business front and personal front, A1. Yeah, man. Agreed. Totally agreed. And I think uh, there's really something to you being so genuine and not caring about the social media buzz that it could potentially bring with whatever client that you have. Um, that was a big thing for us, too, with OG, man. We had a ton of We still get crazy amounts of offers to do vendors, tables, or sponsorships, or collabs. And we don't really take those products. We don't take the products, and we don't really live the same exact lifestyle. So we have a very true and genuine approach to the way we do business, just the same way you do your podcast and your videos. And it's, it's I important. appreciate that, man. Yeah. It's just it, exactly what we said a little while ago: real, recognize real. Right. You know, when I come into when I come into your classes, you know, I, I may be tired and shit like that, but I'm trying to bring the energy too. Yeah, absolutely. you hear me all day. Yeah, let's yeah, go, yeah, let's yeah, go. Yeah, like, best, hey, man. now, like, right, just right, right. fucking laughing. That's the shit and, that charges me up, man. Yeah, the more laughing and screaming, are. and I'm trying to like. It was. I think it was the first class I did with you guys. <laughs> Everybody was just dead, <laughs> and it's because you beat them course, up. Like yeah, everyone was yeah. dead, and right. I'm just fucking. I'm singing the, all the yeah, lyrics yeah, to yeah. shit. I'm bobbing my head. And right. I'm like, yeah, yo, this workout sucks, right, but right, hey, right. man, I'm having yeah. fun. Yeah, we're here. We're alive. We're feeling good, man. It's uh, yeah, it's being the energy versus trying to adapt to the energy is something that I've always tried to done. I'm like, I'm just gonna bring me and do me, and let, let's just see how it unfolds. And um, yeah, it's cool when people like you recognize it and feed off of it. And now we have this relationship together. Fuck yeah, and dude. It's cool, man. It's really cool. I'm grateful for it. I yeah. am too. I'm so grateful for it too. Um, I also wanted to ask you, so now you, the, wait list, the wait list is a good problem to have when you have so many members. So how do you as a business owner combat that? Like, is it, you know, do you try to add more classes? Have you guys been trying to just see if you could divvy it up and maybe add trainers? Like, what's the thought process with you guys now? Yeah, so we definitely have to alleviate the wait list for sure. And so we we keep adding classes and they just keep filling up, which I'm not <laughs> complaining by any means, but we keep adding classes and they keep filling up. And then we just, we're getting more and more members every day, every week. Um, so now we went a little bit earlier. So now we're doing the 4:45 versus a 5am. So maybe we can get more people in earlier. 
Uh, it's tough, man. We're kind of at capacity in terms of our stations. And I guess the next thought process is what's the next move? Do we expand? Do we open another spot? Um, and that's a back end conversation that me, Lenny and Taylor. Yeah. Continue you guys, to on back, the, uh, yeah, yeah, you guys have to just figure out, figure out, but I mean, to make it work with the space that we have now, we're just putting in as many classes as we can. We're trying to make sure people don't double book. So we're sending out emails, remind you, or remember you booked this class. Don't also book this class. Um, yeah, yeah. When you shifted me into, uh, the earlier class, I was originally taking yours with Tyler later on. Yep. You shipped me into that earlier class, and I said, I, "Let me let me uncheck that." Which last I appreciate. Class. Which yeah, you would think would be common decency, nah, right? but nah. uh, people either forget or they right. just don't like. They're like, whatever. They right, right. So we're trying to like mitigate as many things as we can on the back end, just to make sure everything runs as smooth as possible. Cool. Yeah, man. I'm excited to see where the next process is yeah, for you, OG and you guys as a whole. Uh, I got my. I, what do I have? I got my two weeks. Two weeks unlimited. I got my two weeks. First off, fantastic deal. If y'all don't know, you never been. 30 bucks, two weeks unlimited sessions. That's crazy, man. Strength con- conditioning, yoga, one gear 60. Anything we offer is yours for two weeks unlimited. So uh, yeah, man, it's dope. It's dope. It's, if it's you're a, in Long Island, you got to check us out. It's a great, great thing. So uh, we're going fi- to we're gonna wrap up here. Your time is valuable. You got to get back to coaching and doing your thing. Um, I... Uh, I want you to plug. So, where's the gym? How can we? Co- how can everybody contact you? Social media accounts, X, X, Y, Z, all the way through. Just you know, let everybody know. Beautiful. First of all, thank you for having me, brother. I really appreciate Dude, it. For my real. pleasure. Thank you for so real. much, man. For real. You the shit to me. Thank you. Um, I want to get all your coaches. I want to get everybody to come. Yeah, through. they're awesome, man. I have I'd love a to get Taylor. Team of killers. Yeah, I'd love yeah, to get Lenny learn in here. A lot from Lenny Taylor. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so OG Training Academy on Instagram at OG Training Academy. We have a Discord now, so we also have like an online platform. So if you go to our Instagram, you'll see a link tree. Um, we have the 5K on there. You can book your first class free. You could buy your two weeks unlimited. And uh, yeah, you can check us out. So mostly on Instagram at OG Training Academy. And uh, we're in Lindenhurst. So if you're in the area, come check us out. You could always hit me up on my personal page at Coach by Ev, and um, I can help you out with whatever you need. Cool. And if there's one takeaway for life that you want to give some people that are listening, what would that be? Um, I would say show up, show up with purpose and show up with passion. And so w- this is a cool thing that I've implemented. Um, so every day I wake up and the slate is completely clean and I can do whatever I want with that day. So when I wake up, I always tell myself this is going to be a good day and what practices and what rituals do I have to implement to make this the best day ever. And that's what I've been doing every day since. So I think that's a pretty good rule of thumb is try to make the best day ever every day. I'm going to pull out of Tony Robbins right now. You're a beautiful soul, bro. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're Thank a beautiful you, soul, bro. Appreciate that's what he you, says to everybody. I was making fun of it with my mom, but you you really are, dude. <laughs> thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Uh, so thank you all for tuning in. This has been episode 47 with Coach by Ev. That's my man right there. OG Training Academy. Go see him. Go get your two weeks in. Get your ass kicked. Get lean. Get freshy fresh for summer. But I appreciate y'all for sticking with us for the episode. And on that note, peace. Peace.